Well, speaking of the towels, does anybody else work at this B&B besides Noah? Is he the chef and the bookkeeper and right the receptionist and housekeeping? Hey everyone, welcome to Girls Gone Hallmark, a Hallmark review podcast. I'm Megan, and I'm a lifelong Hallmark movie fan. I'm Wendy, and for those who've been wondering, I'm the one with the witch cackle. You guys, you have to be in a Facebook group to know what we're talking about here. You're really missing out if you're not there. (laughs) Today we're discussing When Love Springs, which originally aired on the Hallmark Channel on Saturday, May 6th. If you want to connect with us outside of the podcast, we'd love for you to follow us on Instagram, where we are both at Girls Gone Hallmark and at Megan and Wendy. And like I said earlier, jump into our Facebook group, Girls Gone Hallmark. Not just girls, lots of dudes in there too, talking about Hallmark. Love it. Such a fun place to be. Or if you want to email us at any time, it's Megan and Wendy at gmail.com. Let's do some Hallmark news and notes. First up, big news in the entertainment industry as a whole, the WGA, the Writers Guild of America, is on strike officially. We talked about that coming down the pipeline last week, and it officially happened. Some insight from some of our Hallmark writers. First of all, Nina Weinman-Smith commented that Hallmark, among other networks, were stockpiling scripts before the strike uh, so they could keep working. I have a thought on that in a minute. And Julie Sherman Wolf, friend of the show, says, 25 years in the WGA, and I have never felt so strongly that this is the hill to die on, especially for younger writers. If we don't get this, it'll be impossible to make a living in the very near future. I want to make a comment on the stockpiling scripts thing. Please. Do you? I know you watched Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. Do you recall season two of Friday Night Lights? That's the Landry Murders a Dude season. Mm, I don't recall offhand. Okay, well, Landry murders a dude. In, like, defense of Tyra. Are you remembering this at all? Is this ringing yes, bells? now that rings a bell. <clears throat> In my mind, I knew that that had happened on that season. I knew that there was a writer's strike that was involved. But I, oops, I looked it up this morning to get a little more context. And what happened on that show, first of all, there were only 15 of 22 episodes because they had 15 episodes written After episode five is when the strike started. So there were no writers on staff. So they had 10 episodes written, but no writing staff. Well, the audience did not enjoy the Landry murder Mm storyline, but with no writers on staff to course correct and change things around and make it work, they just had to follow it through. Many, many viewers of Friday Night's considered season two to be like in a alternate timeline. Like it's just such a bizarre, you could completely lift it out of the show with the exception of Tammy Taylor's postpartum experience, which I think was a great representation on television. Anyway, my comment is having scripts is not the be-all, end-all without writers on staff during pre-production and the production of these films. Who can make changes on the fly or as necessary. Yeah. So about the stockpiling, though, does that mean then Hallmark was like, hey, we need 15 Christmas movies or 25 Christmas movies. So let's start asking our writers to put those out in anticipation of the strike. I don't know the logistics or if they were just purchasing earlier than they might have been. 
seeking them out, buying more ahead of time. I don't know. Obviously, Hallmark isn't talking about what they have ready to go for the countdown to Christmas season. We know several movies have been made. I'm on the side of the writers in this. We want the outcome that they want. Yes. You know, two things. I read an article in either Variety or Deadline yesterday that some studios are telling showrunners that even if you are a showrunner and you are also a writer, you may have to cross picket lines because as a showrunner, you need to be on set. Yeah, I don't envy every other trade in all of this Mm -mm. because on the one hand, outside of the executives, you have so many other crew who are counting on these shows and these movies to continue to get made, right? There are so many people whose jobs are affected. And so what do you do as a showrunner in that position who wants to stand on the side of the writers but also wants to keep people employed? I don't envy Mm -mm. the position people are put in right now. No. And I also read that the strike from 0708 lasted 100 days. We're at like a week, a week now, I think seven days or something like that. Yeah. I just have a hard time believing it's going to be a quick resolution given what was happening ahead of time. So yikes. What else we got? I have a tweet from Sleepy Kitty Paw. Hmm. She recently tweeted about a Rachel Lee Cook and Sam Page movie. And if you're wondering who Sam Page is, that's Richard Hunter from The Bold Type. Yes. I love Richard. I know. So cute. They're currently filming a movie called Rescuing Christmas in Duluth, Minnesota right now. And looking at the tweets a little bit closer, it looks like Rachel Lee Cook signed a deal with Mar Vista, who I believe is like a production company. And... They will likely shop this movie to streaming outlets. I guess that's what they did last year. They sold some movies to Hulu. So we're not sure if this is going to be a Hallmark movie, but you never know, considering the state of all things right now. Sure. Which is kind of weird. Rachel Lee Cook and Sam Page seems like it would be a Hallmark movie. Like I can't imagine that as like a Hulu movie. Maybe not Hulu, but... There were Discovery Plus Christmas movies last. There are so many services buying Christmas movies that Mm -hmm. in this vein, I think it could go any number of places. Yes. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. You got ratings. Yeah. So last week's Hearts in the Game had 1.5 million live viewers, making it the third most watched cable program of the night behind only basketball. As of Mm -hmm. the recording of this episode, we do not have ratings information for When Love Springs Available. I have some Hallmark divorce news, kind of under the radar. Okay. People magazine announced on April 10th that Victor Webster filed for divorce from his wife of two years, Chantel Van Santen. They met in 2017 on the set of the Hallmark movie Love Blossoms. Kind of sad. I, yes. I guess they got married during like 2020. Like they had a bunch of like small ceremonies, I guess. Relationships aren't always meant to last. No, and not everybody wants the end of their relationship to be a headline. No, but I was so kind of surprised that people picked this up. But I don't know how we missed it. I mean, Victor Webster, real wowie zowie. Real nice, wowie zowie. Nice to see back on the market. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> not that it matters to me at all. No. Let's hear a synopsis for When Love Springs. Sure. 
a junior PR professional arrives at a quaint B&B for her parents' vow renewal and runs into a former flame who broke her heart. Panicked and afraid of humiliation, she pretends the B&B owner is her new boyfriend. Oh no, this is my new boyfriend. Be jealous. Hey, this was filmed on location in Brisbane, Australia in December 2022, keeping in mind that it's the Southern Hemisphere, so it would have been summer in Australia when this was filmed. Mm, Well, you know, a little behind the scenes here, Megan compiled the notes for this movie, and I was like, this was filmed in Australia? Like, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she's like, hey, Demi, everybody had an Australian accent. <laughs> Couldn't you hear it? And yes, I, there were some weird words. Pretty much. I'm summarizing. But yeah, everybody had kind of a weird American accent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Rhiannon Fish plays Rory. We saw her most recently in a picture of her alongside King of Hallmark, Tyler Hines. Uh, she's also been a handful of other Hallmark movies, including Nikki and Nora, Sister Sleuth, and The 27-Hour Day. And that is the point at which we end kind of our Hallmark connections. There's tons of Hallmark newbies on the crew because this movie was an acquisition, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's directed by Joanne Brechin. She has 15 directing credits. This is her first for Hallmark, and she was the director of the Australian TV series Miss Inc., which is a documentary about the Miss Inc. Australia pageant, which celebrates tattooed women. Hmm. Um, question for you. Mm. This movie wasn't in the original May lineup, was it? I don't know. I didn't write that post. I wrote it. Okay, we're still in Spring Into Love, though, right? This was this was the last, the last movie? Spring Into Love movie. I don't think it was originally hmm. slated, but I could be wrong. I just... I'm. Purely going off memory here. Next up, written by Ainsley Gordon, who has 12 writing credits and 28 acting credits. She both wrote and starred in Love on the Reef. Noah in this movie is played by James William O'Halloran. He's a little bit of a newbie actor. He has 25 acting credits, although many of them are guest spots on sitcoms like Single Parent, Superstore, and The Mindy Project, where he plays hot man number two. He was also (laughs) a model on... The Price is Right. Okay, so he's an Australian. But he was a model on the U.S. Price is Right. Yes, and Single Parents and Superstore and the Mini Project are all U.S. shows. So is he Australian or maybe like born in Australia, but like works here in L.A.? I hear you typing. In 2014 is when he moved Ooh. to the United States. That's when he auditioned for The Price is Right. And he was only the second male model on The Price is Right. Hmm, that's a lot longer than I thought they've been doing that i watched a lot of the prices right in my elementary school home sure. from school day who didn't not as much lately i was actually surprised to learn that they even had male models no more barker's beauties oh god gross right mm-hmm. kellen collie plays jason he's even more of a newbie he only has six acting credits including two episodes of the netflix series the letdown Renee Herbert plays the sister Cleo, who also has six acting credits, although they are mostly music videos and short films. I just watch these movies and I look at their IMDb's and I'm like, is this going to be the launching point? Like, this is the biggest thing she's done at this point. Is she going to be a big star? I have some notes on her a little bit later. Okie dokie. Finally, Erin Connor plays mom Lila Richard. She has 42 acting credits, mostly Australian TV series, none of which we've heard of. No, I apologize. I'm not familiar with Australian TV. No. What's your first impression of When Love Springs? 
Is that polka dot dress iconic or what? Yeah. I saw you put something out on our on our Girls Gone Hallmark Instagram about it. And it made me wonder. Pretty Woman came out in 1990, 33 years ago. We're still talking about this dress. Yeah. What I need to know is why? I mean, it's such an obvious, iconic moment right down to the hat. If she hadn't had the mm. hat, it mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily have driven home that this is a homage to that dress. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't figure out why. Hmm. Like when we had the Carrie Bradshaw outfit, she yeah. was in Paris. That's an outfit that Carrie Bradshaw wore in Paris. That makes sense. Maybe because in Pretty Woman, she played his... Did she play his fake girlfriend at that polo event? I just think it's a stretch. I'm just very curious what the motivation was for that. Although it was was a fun moment. My first impression is the best part of this movie is playing spot that Australian accent. Ah, sorry. I didn't mean to ruin that earlier for you. (laughs) You didn't ruin anything. Okay. Let's talk about what you liked about this movie because I'm sensing you didn't like it. Mm, it's not my favorite Hallmark movie ever, but I watched worse movies this week. So <laughs> I liked that Rhiannon Fish gets to show off some comedy here. I think I like her more in a comedy role than in the pure romance role. Mm, interesting take. Let me preface this with saying that I think she sometimes leans very hard into that baby voice, mm. which drives me absolutely bananas. But she is Rhiannon Fish becoming one of my favorites to watch. I think she's very enjoyable on screen. I agree. One, I think she's stunning. Two, I think she's a good actor. Despite, I read a lot of criticism that people thought she was too over the top at the beginning of this movie. She didn't really bother me. That style didn't bother me with this in this movie. No. What else did you like? I loved Sister Cleo. Yeah talk about another stunning face like these girls were so beautiful together Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm kind of hoping this does become a launching pad for her however I'm thinking it's probably not going to be we will never see her on Hallmark again because she is an Australian actress who's only done a small couple little things and since this was filmed in Australia it was acquired by Hallmark right unless she's making the big move Mm -hmm. I liked Melody the boss because she's played by Francesca Savage and I think one of the the things this movie does perhaps not very well but there are so many Hallmark tropes in this movie Mm -hmm. and she is the mean Hallmark boss to a T I just think she was like this is my role I'm gonna lean into it she made me uncomfortable when she was yelling (laughs) at her I really liked her you know who I really liked Mm. Aaron Connor, who plays Lila Richards, the mom, Rory's mom. And I hope someday I'm cool like her because I'd probably lose my shit if my kid told me she wasn't going to be there for my wedding, wedding vow renewal. I'm like, she played it so cool, non-reactive, supportive. I would have been like, what? You know, yeah, it would have been a scene. Agree. She reminded me so much of a childhood friend's mother her name's judy is a friend of my mom's also i just was like oh they're just the same kind of cool nothing really ruffles their feathers mom i wish i was like that same (laughs) and there's a funny moment to me when 
Jason arrives at the B&B and his new girlfriend walks in, the surprise, and it's so goofy, but they do this slow-mo reaction over Rhiannon Fish Rory's face, and you can see in the background Noah making this, like, wow face like <laughs> reacting to the her reaction of it it's goofy but it's real fun i didn't notice that but that's funny that is funny uh, you mentioned tropes and that this movie had a lot of them yeah. i'm gonna tell you i don't hate the fake boyfriend trope and l- let me explain why one of my all-time favorite movies is a movie from 1987 called can't buy me love oh yes where she hires Ronald, the next door neighbor, to be her boyfriend in exchange for money for an outfit that she ruined that was belonged to her mom. Anyway, it's one of my favorites. And I just think that trope was imprinted on me at a very young age. So I don't hate it when I see it in Hallmark movies today. No, I like the fake dating trope. However, I don't think it was terribly well executed in this movie. I agree. There's not a lot of moments, like all of their scenes are mostly just the two of them. There's Mm -hmm. very little time where they have to pretend to be together in front of other people. Right. So remember that movie, is it The Wedding Date? Has that real cute guy from My Best Friend's Wedding and... Dermot um, Mulroney. mm -hmm. And the redhead from... Deborah Messing. Yes. And (laughs) she hires him to be her fake boyfriend, right? Yes. But they're in a lot of scenes like with big groups of people having to sell their relationship. Yes. That's kind of what I like in a fake dating pretend boyfriend situation is those scenes where they have to pretend to be in a relationship kind of are the moments that lead them to like, oh, this feels supernatural. I actually like holding your hand and mm-hmm. having these conversations with you. One last thing. Mm. I really liked Rory and Cleo's sister friendship. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was nice. Mm-hmm. They had each other. They can confide in each other. Yeah, I liked it. All right, ma'am, what'd you wish for? So for me, a couple things and yeah. only a few things, which is funny because when I was like going through this movie, I was like, I didn't didn't really love it so much, but I'm not sure what I wished for. Like it is not, it is, doesn't line up. Like, okay. okay. The casting of the ex-boyfriend, mm. Cal- Kellen Colley is how I'm saying his last name. He looked all of 18 years old, like such a really? baby. I just thought he looked so young, so much younger than her and whatever, like whatever. But I was like, he's supposed to be playing this like very busy business guy. Didn't sell it it to you. No, it it didn't sell it to me. And then I understand why they needed him to show up at the B&B to be the, so the fake boyfriend line could like unfold. Right. Uh But it was just dumb. It was just dumb. Like it was a split decision that was not great. On her behalf. Uh-huh. And finally, um, in this little section, I feel like Rory, the character, is much more confident than to have to pretend like she's dating some innkeeper now. Like, there's no shame in being single. Like, why did she just, like, why couldn't she just be single? Well, that is my number one wish, that Rory Ooh. would have had a little more self-respect because you do not need a man to make yourself look good to this man who dumped you. Mm-hmm. You, you are enough on your own. You don't need this random boyfriend. Right. And and as we saw like later on in the movie when they had like their like one-on-one like discussion after, uh, what's his name? Jason. Jason. After his girl leaves, yeah. right? Him and Rory have this conversation and it was like, oh, we were just like two, you know, they were not on the same page, right? So there was no like, it wasn't like this bad breakup, right? 
it just was like this relationship wasn't working out. So now why are you feeling like so devastated? Yeah, like he kind of ghosts her, but it didn't make any sense why she would be all that interested in getting him back. Right. And my other wish is that she didn't go check on Jason. Like she sees him have this breakup. She's like, I need to go check on him. Why? Wait, you you don't owe him your time or soothing his broken heart after he kind of was like, as far as we could tell, ghosted her after this one-year relationship. And then when they have this conversation, he's just this kind of like nice guy to her. And I was like, wait a minute, where did that guy come from? Because that's not the guy we saw walking in to the B&B who didn't even remember that she was going to be there for her parents' anniversary party. Mm-hmm. I thought that was odd. Finally, who cares if their actual anniversary is on a Monday? Have the party on a weekend? <laughs> Why were they trying to do it on the same day? Like, it had to be on a Monday because it, she had to have a work conflict, which again didn't make sense because this does not seem like the kind of boss who's going to have boundaries and care that she needs you on a weekend. Mm-hmm. And second of all, they were like, oh, good thing it's on a Monday because only 10 people can come. <laughs> bizarre yeah hey so why did she have to lie to her parents about having this fake boyfriend too like that was dumb too that's a good point why wouldn't she just say oh my gosh i freaked out when i saw jason and i pretended like this guy was my boyfriend Mm -hmm. and her parents would probably have been very cool with that right they would have been like you dummy and then laugh at her that would have been funnier to watch yes like their reaction to her trying to like pretend like she had this relationship with this dude anyway yes so you talked about rory's boss right Uh uh-huh i think there was reason to be angry at rory this boss because rory did keep missing deadlines right Uh uh-huh but on the other hand everyone deserves time off and you're telling me that rory didn't request the appropriate time off for this like big event in her parents lives see i fully believe that she did and her boss was like too damn bad i need you and i'm going to make you work during this weekend okay so then is she not confident enough to like let her boss like say like no well this it's this all this like well if you want to be an executive with this firm then you need to do this and blah 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 yeah it's too much eyes on the prize of wanting Mm. to be a partner and Mm -hmm. taking the abuse and not standing up to her because she feels like she's gonna miss out on her opportunity when we kind of know that she's already missed out on her opportunity because she makes a comment about how long she's been there without getting the promotion she's been looking for Mm. i have a giant list of did you see that how about you so do I. Okay, let's go. All right, you go first. First of all, the basket of towels labeled towels. <laughs> I don't, I totally did not see that. When she walks into her room, there is a basket with a sign on it that says towels and it is empty, which is why she then goes back downstairs. Right. And he gives her one towel. One? Oh, yeah. One. I need more than one towel, sir. <laughs> I need one for my body and one for my hair and one for my face and one for the floor. Right? And what about one for my hands after I wash my, I mean, yes. at least, at least a stack of like two towels and a hand towel at a minimum. Right. Right. Well, speaking of the towels, does anybody else work at this B&B besides Noah? Well, that's a great question because correspondent Mike did send his nice. usual email and one of the things he pointed out is the staff situation is super weird because it seems like a big enough operation that he'd need 
employees, but the only time we ever see them is in relation to food service. Yes. And where are they the rest of the time? Bizarre. Yeah, I did uh I did note that. I was like, who is mining the the B and B? Because they say numerous times like how slow it is, but there looks like there's plenty of people in the background, like mm-hmm. in the dining scenes. Is he the chef and the bookkeeper and right the receptionist and housekeeping? Uh, that was weird. Mm-hmm. And I gotta tell you, like that whole thing where who puts headphones on when you know that you have a guest coming? We have guests checking in. Right. What else you got? Rory's desk in her office. There's not a single cord under her desk. Not one. Oh, oh yeah. And it was kind of like out in the middle of the like open space, right? Yeah. Yeah. N- no lamp. Nothing to no plug your computer cord. in. No, like no, there's no plugs in the floor that they're plugging into. Nope. When they were making bouquets for the wedding. Yes. Those are fake flowers. Of course. Yes. So fake. Like she's holding it up and I'm like looking at the back of a fake leaf. I was like, no, ma'am, those are not from Granny's garden. Like, yeah, and they pick the flowers like three days before the wedding. Oh, really? I mean, come on. <laughs> why are they doing that the morning of? Seriously. Uh, Speaking of the wedding, why is she asking about available party space upon arriving at the B&B where they oh. are there to hold a party? Have they yeah. not handled this ahead of time? Mm-hmm. I know. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to need like a space for like this small gathering and 10 chairs. Yeah. Are you eating food after? Like, it looked like at the day of the party, like they had some sort of like old timey record player thing out there and flowers and chairs and all that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the wedding or vow renewal, whatever, she is wearing her shoulder purse yes. while she is walking down the aisle. Why wouldn't she have ditched that? And then she's in this whole scene where she and Noah reunite and she's still wearing the purse. <laughs> I know. I have that too. She only drops it when they're dancing finally. Yes. I was like, well, that's so terrible for like photos and like, <laughs> right? I don't want your purse in my big renewal photos bag clunking around as you're trying to walk down the aisle no toss it at one of the 10 guests seriously seriously i did like their dresses though oh me too me too although every single dress that she wears is that same exact halter style like every single Mm. dress yeah the opening day of the movie is the longest day ever she has a yes full day at the office (laughs) she drives to the b&b it is still light out They have a full day there. It's many hours before they have dinner. And she's in her suit the entire time. Yes. Yes. I noticed that as well. I was like, how long is this day? (laughs) Because she's the last. There's nobody left in the office when she leaves. So it is nighttime. Yes. And I remember on the phone conversation with her parents, she's like, oh, you know, when I get out of here at the end of the day, I'm meeting Cleo. Yeah. Hey, Penny Traverse, the travel writer, did she come from another time period? Yeah. I'm like, what is she wearing? What is this big hat and like dress? Like, you know, Megan and I are bloggers. Like that's how we started out. Right. Sure. And sure have been invited to attend many things to for reviews. But this woman looked like she was from another time period. Yeah. And I feel like if she were going to attend, I guess he did invite her, but I feel like a travel writer usually goes in a little less conspicuous because they want to have the experience that the average guest is going to have. 
Perhaps. Like, they don't want you to roll out the red carpet because they want to know what it's like to actually stay there. What do you... Don't do it for me if you wouldn't do it for your guests. hmm So, I don't know. I thought that whole thing was handled poorly. Yeah, and she just loved the place in, like, a whole five minutes and <laughs> decided right? to write a glowing review. Yep. They put up those old photos and boom, it's a hit. Oh, my God. Yes. I laughed out loud at the logo... Cleo designed on Canva. (laughs) Yes. I'm watching it and I literally laughed out loud. And my husband goes, Did you just laugh at that? And I go, Yeah, because any bozo can make that on Canva. Seriously. (laughs) Probably like the top one. Speaking of the art in this movie, she makes him a gallery wall. And in one of the frames, there's like typed out letters that say our story. Uh And it looks terrible. And hello, you have a sister who is an artist. Have her create something at least in Canva. I mean, my gosh, it's a total missed opportunity. It's an ugly. Ugly wall. Sorry. Anything else? She says she takes her coffee black and then she goes, he's teasing her. She's like, I take it black with cream and sugar. That's Mm -hmm. not black coffee. Yeah. And finally, why does Noah have the oldest cell phone ever? Oh, I didn't (laughs) notice. No. It's like a Nokia. No. It's it's not a smartphone. (laughs) It's bizarre. What was his? Oh, he like used to live in New York. He was like a business analyst or something like that. Is that right? Or am I mixing movies? No, you're right. And then okay. he, he, you know, found a slower, slower life, you know, running a and b That's a nice, easy lifestyle. I will say the property that they used, I don't know if it's like the, I'm talking about the physical house that they used as the B&B, the exterior of it was gorgeous. I agree. And I also thought the location when they go for a walk and the pond and the waterfalls all of that was beautiful as well yeah and which brings up another question like if he's the only dude working there why are they taking these like long strolls on the property who else is minding the business that's a good question and she was in heels and on their walks. walk oh my gosh seriously <laughs> she didn't know where she was going he just said come with me but don't you think he might have said like maybe you want to change your shoes but no she's got to have that Pretty woman, polka dot dress moment. Well, speaking of that particular scene, she's wearing these tragic white sandals. And I was like, I haven't seen a white sandal in a really long time. I I really was like, am I out of touch? Because sometimes the youth wears things. I'm like, wow, I would not have picked that. Mm -hmm. Right. Or are those truly the white sandals I wore to my eighth grade promotion? Yes, that's what it felt like. (laughs) But I do know that I am out of touch because I take my daughter shopping and everything I hold up, she makes a face to the point I'm like, a simple no will do. (laughs) I'm telling you, you have to pick out the ugliest thing and then they'll be like, oh my God, I like that. (laughs) What did you rate when love springs? Two and a half stars. Oh, exactly. Me too. Okay. Yeah, it was kind of of a movie. I liked Rihanna Fish. I Me just too. Didn't love everything else. Me too. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Girls Con Hallmark. We'll be back on Friday with our recap of episode seven of Ride. We love your five star ratings and reviews. If you love us, open up the Apple Podcast app, tap the five stars, and don't forget to leave a review letting everybody know why you love this podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.